All right. So um, this morning, we're, I'm just going to do kind of a, a one-off message, and I like to do these time to time because, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll plan out a sermon series and try to kind of take us all together on a journey somewhere, but uh, today it's just going to be kind of a standalone message, and the title of it is going to be Hearing God, Hearing God, all right? So um, now if you're a college student, I... We did uh, a little fun thing back in December. Ashley and I sat up here, wore my one cardigan sweater. We had some coffee, and we kind of had this kind of cozy. We actually had fire going on in the screens. And so, you know, one of those YouTube channels just shows you roaring fire. It was so cozy. And we just sat here and just kind of talked, had a little fireside chat with our students. And part of what we shared a little bit was on this topic of hearing God and um, just got the sense, you know what, we need to kind of bring this topic to the whole church here and to kind of kick off our year because we want to be a people this year that are really tuned in to the voice of the Lord. And so that's what we're talking about, all right? So let me just kind of share a couple of thoughts here um, uh, when it comes to hearing God, all right? And a couple of elephants in the room or things that maybe I need to say so that we are all on the same page, okay? So you guys ready for this? This is, gonna, this is gonna be one of those less linear and just more just kind of grab it as it comes. You guys ready for that? Okay, here we go. Um, when we moved here in 2009, um, we came to start the church. And if you don't know my story, I was not in ministry previously. I was a life group leader at a church. That was my ministry experience, and it was a life group leader of primarily young adults that were singles. So we didn't lead a life group of college students, I didn't lead a life group of marriage, and we certainly didn't have any kids. That was all the experience I had, so I was really good at singles life group ministry. That was it, okay? And so we did really well at that, but that was it. That, that was my full resume. That, and I graduated with a construction science degree at a and I don't know how that fits in there, but it does somehow. God knew. So when we started out, though, I remember... Um, you know, I, I remember calling up Jimmy Seibert one day. He is the senior pastor at Antioch Waco and was a church we were a part of before we were sent out to here. And I remember calling one day and I said, Jimmy, people keep asking me when I'm telling them about, hey, we're here to start a church. And they say inevitably the question is, what kind of church is it? And I didn't know what to say. And I, was, and I would say like, well, it's an Antioch church. And like, well, what does that mean? You know, and and I, and I got stuck, literally. So this is the early days. I really didn't know how to describe the church we were starting. Not a great business plan, right? But God is good. So I called up Jimmy. He said, Tyler, write this down. So I literally, I'm in my car. I've got a little piece of paper. I'm writing it down. So when people say, what kind of church? You say this. You say, um, we love the Bible. Um, we believe Jesus is the only way for salvation. Um, he said a couple of things, and then the fifth thing was, and th this is the thing that kind of got people, was, and we believe in the Holy Spirit and that he's still at work today, okay? And so I was like, okay, Bible, check. Oh, he, he, said, he said, we do contemporary worship. I had to have language for what we do. Um, and because I didn't have much of a context, and I remember, oh, okay, yeah, the church I used to go to, and you had the robe on, and that's fine. I used to try to be the boys' choir, all that sort of stuff, but we weren't doing that, and so Okay, I was like, great, the Bible, Jesus, he's the only way, um, worship's kind of more contemporary style, you know, then I talked about the Holy Spirit. And I remember starting to answer the questions from people, and people would be like, oh, the Bible, check, you know, and contemporary worship, oh, I'm into that, you know, and, 
you know, kind of a deal. And remember, we're still in conservative town, Bryan College Station. If you do not think our town is still conservative, then just go to one of the coast for a weekend, and you'll, wow, we are very conservative, okay? So, um, and so, but when it got to the Holy Spirit, they're like, wait, what? Okay, because when I was at Texas A&M in 2001 to 2005, okay, when I was there, I was not really aware of any churches, for me personally, that talked about the Holy Spirit, talked about hearing God, or anything near that. And if you did hear of anything, it was certainly some sort of kooky on-campus organization. That's really what it was, honestly, for me. That may be different for everyone now, but that was me. It was very conservative. No one talked about it. There wasn't really contemporary worship. Contemporary worship was like a guy on a guitar and jeans. That was it. That was contemporary worship, okay? So that's what was going on back then. And so I remember we came here to plant the church, and I just experienced a different kind of culture and experienced the Bible in new ways and the Spirit of God in new ways when we were at Antioch and Waco, and I forgot that that's not the norm everywhere. And so I came here, and we started talking about the Holy Spirit, and people, well, tell me more about that. And we're like, do you believe in miracles? I said, yeah, not just the ones in the Bible, but we've actually seen some things happen. And, well, what about, you say, hearing God? What does that even mean? And I remember for years kind of stumbling over how to communicate about hearing God. Because sometimes there's things you experience you can't really talk about. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we all have that. It's like, I can't really tell you all the ways I love my wife. I love her, I could give you a few things, but it, it would scratch the surface. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, I don't know, you're not married to her, so you're never gonna know. I mean, just, that's just the way it is, right? And it's kind of like, well, you weren't there for that moment, that experience, that thing. I can't really tell you in depth what it was like, but we have to have words for the things that we believe and put it in a language that helps people understand, okay? So when we're talking about hearing God, I recognize this topic, this idea for some is very normative. But I would argue that for many in this room, before you ever came to this church probably, it was a foreign topic, am I right? Yeah, and you even were questioning, should you come back next Sunday because you heard someone say something about hearing God, and you're like, whoa, 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 I know Isaiah did that, I know Jeremiah, these pro I know that, but you, I mean, who are you to say you can hear God, right? So, um, I understand that's a bit of an elephant in the room, some churches say tabooed, Topic. Um, what I also want to say is that because we are a spirit-filled, believing church, meaning we believe in the Holy Spirit, not just for the sealing of salvation, but the Holy Spirit actually is alive and active, not just helping us to read the Bible, but actually speaking to us and empowering us for service, right? That's the Holy Spirit gives power, not so that you feel like Superman, but that so you are able to operate in connection with Jesus Superman to actually see amazing things happen, right? The Spirit of God allows us to connect with, with the Father so that that power flows through, that life, that love, that joy flows through. The fruit of the Spirit flows from the vine. You aren't just having the fruit of the Spirit by yourself. That ain't gonna happen. But if you're connected to the Spirit of God, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Then all of a sudden now you get to now bear fruit and the power of God is evident in your life and people are like, why are you so joyful when everyone's angry? You're like, it's the Spirit of God. They're like, run away, right? People start to run, okay? So I'm saying some things that may be connecting for some of you, maybe not others, but if you grew up in Texas, either east, west, or south, and maybe north, anywhere in Texas, actually, 
you're probably like, yeah, I didn't grow up with a lot of people that, had, that, that, that were grounded, right? I asked people for years, said, what, what do you kind of get? What's the sense? And they said, well, I came into Antioch a little nervous. And I said, well, why was that? And they would say, well, because this one guy prayed for me. I'm like, it made you nervous if someone prayed for you? Isn't that in the Bible? Isn't prayer, isn't that God's idea? Well, yeah, but it felt different. What felt different about it? Well, I don't know. Like, it's like, it's like that they knew something about me. Well, that's interesting. They didn't know it, but the Spirit of God knew it. And he wanted to tell you through them so that you would get weirded out and start questioning, do you really know God? And if not, hey, there's a place to go back to the Scriptures and say, maybe I really need to know Jesus for real. Quit playing a religious game, right? There's a lot of people that experience that. Um, but people will come, maybe because someone prayed for them. Maybe it's because someone raised their hands. And in Texas, you know, raising your hands in school, but in church, let's not do that, you know? And so at church, they're raising, why are they raising their hands? Like, why are they trying to show off? I remember my first time experiencing expressive worship. It was someone raising their hands, and I'm thinking, I literally, multiple Sundays, back at Enoch, I'd do this. I'd be like, that guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to worship over here. <laughs> this, is a, this is distracting. Uh, literally, in my mind. I was so judgmental, and I was like, this guy is such a joke. He's not for real. He's a showboater. Now, back up a second. To get cool and to get notoriety is not Sunday morning. That, that's, that's not where people are, oh, Instagram, follow that guy now. That's not happening. Your likability is not going up because of how you express yourself on Sunday morning. It's actually the wrong place to try to, like, win over friends with the worship, okay? You're not trying to be cool. Because you're not worshiping them, you're worshiping him. And David, whether you like him or not, hey, listen, he was the best king Israel had. Okay, Jesus came in the line of David. Guess what? The dude danced. And some of us don't like to dance. And we have excuses about dancing. If you're married, you need to learn to dance. That's just a little side note. But there's too many wives around here like, my husband doesn't dance. And it's like, well, then get your act together and start dancing. I had to do it. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Just count it out, okay? But you got to dance with your wife. I know you love your wife. But your love should be deeper for God, which means sometimes you may be led to dance and do something. You're like, I'm not really sure what's going on. My hands are being raised and I'm worshiping God. And what I found is when I actually closed my eyes instead of staring all at you, I actually more focused on him. Oh, and so I wasn't really worshiping back then. I wasn't. I was being the religious Pharisee judge against people who were really worshiping. So if you're here this morning and you're like, wow, all I do is I go to these places and I just, you know, just, I'm like, dude, I think you missed the whole point. The whole point is actually for you to have an encounter with God. I don't care if you sit down, if you kneel, if you stand your head. Just don't hit someone, okay? But I don't really care. What you should care about is, is my heart engaging with God? Right? We were actually made to worship. You know that? We were made as worshipers from God. By design, every human being on planet Earth, young and old, was designed by God to worship. To worship him. But then sin and the devil comes along and tries to steal, kill, and destroy that worshiper to now worship other things than God. To worship the creation instead of the creator. Right? That is our world. That sums it up. That's the problem. People are worshiping someone other than God. Something, it may be worshiping nutrition in January. Right? Uh-oh. It may, be, it may be worshiping my new 401k plan. It may be idolizing my new job. It may be 
worshiping the new shoes I got or the stuff that I, the, the gadget that finally is gonna make it all go right in December and now it's still wrong, you know? Like that's, guys, we are so lulled in to the worship of everything but him. So when we talk about hearing God, we're talking about hearing from the one true God, the one that's been present, that's the Alpha and the Omega, he's still around today. He wants to connect with you, but there's a couple of pieces at play here we need to learn and have language for as a church going into this year so that we are speaking on the same terms. Are we clear? We good? Okay, so that's a little bit of the kind of crazy journey. I told you it's gonna kind of go everywhere a little bit. I'm trying to help you understand. I recognize it is a challenge to teach, communicate, and to pull together on a topic so big as hearing God. And I do not pretend to unpack all of it here this Sunday morning. But in the next few minutes, I wanna give us a couple of pieces to maybe start moving forward together as a people and biblically to be clear on, okay, this is that. This is hearing God. And I wanna say one of the things which is we've gotta start speaking common everyday language. So if you're here at this church and maybe you've been here a while, maybe you're new, and someone starts speaking to you in Christianese and you're like, what did he just say? You need to change what you're saying. Jesus used parables that made sense to people. He could have come in and said things that no one had a clue about. He tried to dumb it down and even still some didn't hear, okay? But Jesus was very practical in his communication. He was very clear. He talked about things people could relate to, like agriculture, because they were all farming and all depended upon it. So we as people, as followers of Christ, understand that when we talk about things of the kingdom, we talk about theological ideas, no one's getting that impressed by you. And if they are, I don't, it's just weird. Like, you shouldn't be so impressed by people's vernacular or what they say. Be, be impressed by their actions. <laughs> Anyone can wordsmith something all day long, right? Like, like I'll, I'll hear someone speak at one of these, I don't know, TED Talks or some communicator or something. They're gonna be like, wow, man, what a incredible concept and ideas. What you don't know is they spent like 80 hours with the TED team of slicking up that entire communication in 15 minutes, and it was like spit out like this, but you may not want that guy hanging out with your kids for an hour. You know, because the character's not there, or because there's not a lot of action, there's just a lot of talk. Let's not be people of talk, let's be people of action, right? So here we go. We're gonna talk about hearing God here. The first, and here's all, I'll, I'll say it this way. There are three main ways that I have seen in my life and others' lives and biblically that we hear God. Three main ways, not the three only ways, three main ways. So I would encourage us, start with the main things, then you can move on to the other places. And anything I say today, I want to challenge you and encourage you to check me biblically. Check me. Don't take things just what I say um, as the word of the Lord. Like, I am trying to hear God too and trying to read this too and speak to you with all honesty and integrity, but I ain't perfect. So there's something that I share, you're like, I don't know if that's in there. Then go and fact check it and let's hang out and talk about it, okay? So here we go. There's three main ways that we hear God. This is gonna simplify it for us. And um, I'll say them to you right now. I'll, I'll give them all three away. Are you ready? The word of God, the people of God, and the Spirit of God. Even if you're not a big note taker, I know you can remember those three. It's the Word of God, it's the people of God, and it's the Spirit of God. 
the word, the people, and the spirit. In fact, in John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So we are sheep. Uh, right? <laughs> hey, I got little kids. I have to do animal sounds all the time. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I, who's I? Jesus knows them, and therefore they what? They follow me. The life of a believer should look like this. Let's change it up. Um, My Christ followers hear my voice. My church people hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. This is the model for being a Christian. You hear God. You have now a relationship with him. He knows you. You know him. And now you get to follow him, or you get to obey him. And actually, there is a maturation process or a progression for believers, I would argue, and I think for the disciples, you can see it as well, that just kind of shows us before I break down the scriptures. Think about it. Um, um, Jesus started calling out James and John and Peter and Andrew and others, started calling them out, right? And he started saying, hey, guys, drop your nets, come follow me. So, so Jesus started bringing these guys close to him, and he started teaching them about the scriptures. He taught them about Isaiah and the Psalms. They had those in their possession. They had those writings as well and could go to the temple. But he also reemphasized. He wasn't making the Old Testament null and void. He was reemphasizing it, right? And so Jesus was just teaching them the word. He was also teaching them as the Son of God about the kingdom as well. He was tying it together, saying the Old Testament was really foreshadowing me and what I am bringing as the Messiah, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am he. And so he was kind of tying it all back into the God of the Old Testament didn't disappear. He just came to earth, right? Like Jehovah, he came to earth, the New Testament. So he's saying disciples, who were all Jews, by the way, he said, hey, guys, this is me. I'm gonna teach you about the kingdom of God. He began teaching them from the word. So many times he would use scriptures, the Old Testament, like the Torah from Deuteronomy um, uh, and, and from the Psalms and from Isaiah. He would use scriptures when he was talking to the Pharisees or teaching the people, right? And so he would use the scriptures. He knew the word of God. He was the word, and he was giving it away to his disciples. But then at some point, the disciples, he started empowering them, say, hey, you guys go and try the stuff I've been doing. He was doing it all. They were just kind of tagging along, right? Kind of like the Jesus fan club. And then eventually he said, now stop being fans, start being players. And so he said, now you're gonna start playing. And so he said, disciples, now it's your turn to start talking amongst yourselves, sharpening one another, meeting with the people, ministering to people, that kind of stuff's happening. They started watching him. So the word of God was clear as like this foundational piece. Then they started having the people interactions as disciples and what was happening there. And then one day, three and a half years later, he finally left, it says in Acts 1. He ascended up to heaven. They watched him. He ascended up to be the right hand of the Father. But he said, don't be nervous. I'm going to send the Spirit of God to come and be with you so that he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will help you hear. He will help you connect. 
that's your connection back to me. So Jesus leaves planet Earth, the Spirit of God comes, he comes upon them, you're the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God's released from those 12 and then we released throughout the region and to this day the Spirit of God is still moving and active and God is pouring himself out through people onto other people, right? And so it goes the Word of God, then the people of God, and the Spirit of God, but all three matter. But what I would say is that as we jump into this today, for a young believer, not just an age, let's talk about maturity. If you just came to Christ like in the last year, or, or maybe you're 55 years old and you used to follow Jesus and you kind of drifted and you're coming back to him again, like wherever you're on your journey, if you would say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of at like, like the 101 level, which is a great place to be, then I would encourage you to spend the majority of your time reading this. Less time doing other things. Read this. You don't have to read a bunch of other books, honestly. I would actually spend the majority of your time reading this. Why? Because this isn't in you yet. And until you have this in you, it's really hard to do the rest of it. Because you need to have the foundation that he has laid right here. And that's reading Old and New Testament. I would encourage you to start there. It's the beginning of the year. You can do a Bible reading plan. Some of you have never read through the Bible an entire year. It's possible to do. What if you said, maybe this is the year I'm actually gonna read through the entirety of the scriptures this year. I'm gonna get it all in me this year. Man, what an amazing year. Or maybe you said, you know what? I'm gonna read through half the Bible. I'm gonna pick different things. I'm gonna really dive in this year and get it into me because I want that word to be in me. If you get that into you, guess what? Then foundationally, you have the word of God in you, so then you can build on it from there, all right? So I see that in the evidence of the disciples and in many other examples, but today I just wanna break down for these things, okay? So the word of God, the word of God. You know, Jesus, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, he came, he was, he was baptized in the Jordan River, and, 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 uh, and, and as he came up out of the water, right, they heard, they heard the voice of God, God the Father, he said this, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So they heard the voice of God. Everyone right there, they said, wow, that's the voice of God. He's saying, this is my son. He's placing identity. He's placing sonship. This is the Holy One. This is my son. And then it says, the Spirit of God came in the form of a dove and rested upon Jesus. Okay? And then who's to blame for sending Jesus out to the desert? The Spirit of God. Wait a second. I thought on the same team, Right? The Spirit of God comes upon him, and then it literally says in Matthew chapter four, verse one, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But I thought God never leads us anywhere where we could be tempted or tested. Well, I don't know. The Spirit of God just led Jesus to the desert. Well, I, there's everything in my life that is negative can't have anything to do with God's plan or any sort of endurance test or anything, right? Uh-oh, you gotta read Job. <laughs> right? God is part of that deal. Um, you gotta read the New Testament, the disciples, the suffering, the challenges. Let me just say about hearing God, um, it's hard to hear God when you don't really think you need him. Some of us have a hearing God problem because we have a need problem. We don't really recognize we have a need. I don't need them. I'm good, Tyler. I'm 45. Got my family set. Kids are getting ready to go to college. Hey, Tyler, I'm good. I'm 21. I'm about to graduate. 
no student loan debt. I'm feeling great financially. I got a great job lined up. I'm good. God was good at 19 when things were tough. At 21, I'm good, right? Like, there's so many people, oh, yeah, I used to do that, right? I used to follow God. I used to, I used to do the church thing. But then I got my life figured out, and now I'm good. Oh, man, don't let that be you. How sad. You really want to go to the end of your days. Stand before the King of Kings, or Lord of Lords, when you die. And stand before him and say, hey, I, I know we were good in my 20s, but, you know, Things got busy. I figured stuff out. Th- thanks, thanks for the early, the early training, but I'm good now. Man, that's not us, guys. That's why the word of God has to be present in our lives. I think it's interesting, though, that he led Jesus out to the desert, and then the devil tempts him three times, right? And you know what I love about this? Every single time the devil tempted him, what was Jesus' response? Deuteronomy, the book we never read. Come on. He quotes Deuteronomy chapter eight, Deuteronomy chapter six. He quotes, the devil comes and tempts him. Now this is interesting, guys. Why do you, so let me just help you out. Why does it matter that you hear God? Because of this. The devil tempted Jesus, he will certainly tempt you. Dude, you're not as big of a deal, okay? But he'll still tempt you, okay? He will tempt you and he will come He's already given us his whole playbook right here. Here's his playbook. I'm gonna take something that is true, take out a few words, skew it, and then feed it to you. It's a lie, but now you're gonna be hooked, line, and sinker. So what does the devil say to him? He says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now for the person who's not versed in the word, who wasn't doing their homework in Deuteronomy, Man, well, that sounds pretty good. If I'm the son of God, I got power. Command these stones become loaves of bread. I'm hungry. It's 40 days of no food and water is a very long time. I've never done a 40-day fast, okay? But it's a very long fast. You gotta believe you're at your end, at your wit's end. You're very, very hungry and very, very thirsty. And Jesus could have just said, you know what? You're right, devil. I can do that. Because I was there in the beginning, and I was, I created, absolutely, but what does Jesus respond with? When tempted at his weakest moment, he quotes the scripture in Deuteronomy 8.3. I'll read Deuteronomy 8.3. That he might make you that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. His rebuttal is scripture. Devil's like, shoot. He tries it again and again, and all three times. Jesus corrects him with the whole of Scripture, even though what the devil's saying is partially true. That's what he does, guys. He twists things. He twists things. Oh, I, yeah, that feels right, or that kind of sounds right. Anytime in your walk that you're like, eh, that kind of sounds like God, whoa, yellow flag. I don't need, does it sound like God? Does it feel like God? No, no, just say, is it God? And this is where it keeps us grounded. The word of God. The word of God, Luke chapter eight, verse 15. As for that and the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is Jesus describing the parable of the soils when the farmer goes out to sow seed and he says the seed, Jesus describes this as the seed is the word of God 
right? It's the word of God. And so he's saying, but this is the kind of soil, this is that fourth soil, the kind of soil that you guys wanna be is that that says, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. We wanna be that kind of soul that actually holds fast the word of God. We hold it fast and then it bears fruit in our lives. And truly, guys, the life of a believer and really hearing God, it does start with what you read, what you hear, then you should do. Like, start there. It's faithful in a little, be rule over much. We always wanna jump onto the bigger and better things without doing the little things. Did you know that? Um, like, before God entrusts you with a teenager, he makes you take care of an infant that just poops in diapers. I don't see anyone, like, you know, boasting about how many diapers they change. You know, it's like, oh, I mean, look at me. Yeah, I'm really good at diapers. <laughs> you know, like, that's, no, it's, it's this, like, task that is, like, salt of the earth low. I changed a big one this morning, okay? And, um, like, it, this is, th but it's like, but you can't despise the little thing. Well, I mean, the Bible, I'm, Tyler, I'm ready to move on to big stuff here. I'm a spiritual guy. I'm, God's gets to me. I've had these dreams, and I'm ready to go. You know, it's like, cool. Have you made your bed? Well, it's been a while, but that's not a big, that's not really spiritual. Oh, it's not. Making your bed is not spiritual. What about eating your greens? Well, I don't do that when I was a kid. My mom made me, oh, so eating greens isn't good. That's, you're above that now. Do you see how it plays out? We all of a sudden want to jump and skip the necessary steps that are designed by God for our maturing process, but we skip them because we're on to the next instant gratification. And instead of waiting years to be ready, right, instead of actually waiting until you're like in your 30s and actually maybe have something a little more to say, we want to write the book at 18. I'm not buying your book at 18, no offense. You don't have enough life lived. I don't really know if I really want to tune in to what you have to say about parenting at 18. But we all think we've got these really awesome ideas, don't we? Dream, but make sure your dreams are filtered through a process with God. The word of God, he's saying we need to be people that actually bear fruit. So if we disobey the early things of saying, do this and do this and this is how we love, then if you're not doing this, I don't think you should be moving on to the next step. Start here. Just start reading a chapter in the Bible and just obey everything it says and then move on once you've done that. That's the way you can progress and mature in God. And the obedience part, guys, must become non-negotiable. The word of God is not negotiable. It is non-negotiable. The last thing I'll say on just the word of God real briefly is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the word of God. That's why people don't want to read it though because it gets you. You're like, oh, skip that part. You know, just, uh, you know, can I, can I just jump right to the good stuff? Right, it's like, let's all go to 1 Corinthians 13, you know? Oh, thank you, 1 Corinthians 13. So love is good. Uh, did you read the first 12 chapters though? A little more intense, right? All right. The people of God, all right? We hear through the word of God. We hear through the people of God. Right, Romans 10, 14 through 17. I don't know if I have this. I'm gonna read it. Do we have it on the screen? Yeah, we do. Oh, great, you guys are awesome. Okay, how, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Continues, I think. 
And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Hearing, hearing, but hearing through people. I said this before, but majority of people in this room that are following Jesus today, you put your faith and trust in him, you didn't just wake up one day and just figure that out on your own. Somebody told you. Somebody preached. Somebody gave you something. Some youth minister, some parent, some friend, someone on campus, some grandpa, some sibling, somebody came to you and told you about Jesus. Someone shared the news with you, whether you received it then or rejected it, I don't know, but someone came to you, a person came to you. I think it's so interesting how God's decided to move his kingdom forward all over the earth through people, which is why he talks about, you don't have to pray for the harvest, the harvest is plentiful. Pray for laborers to go into the harvest. It's a labor shortage, not a harvest issue. The harvest is there, but the harvest can't be taken. It'll sit there and rot unless laborers come and sweep it in, right? I mean, that's the way it goes. The apples fall from the tree. If someone doesn't collect them and gather them up, that's a problem. You need laborers to go in the orchard, but they are ready and they are ripe. That's why we're so big on the nations, because the nations are calling out. They are crying out. They're saying, someone come and tell us. But there's not enough people going to tell the nations. The people of God, Proverbs eleven fourteen, talking about just hearing God through advice and wisdom. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. I think we know that, but just want to say it again. It is good to seek out advice from people, from trusted people. Yes, your peers, and yes, people that are more mentors. Like, yes, we need to seek advice from people that are our own age and people that have actually gone before us. That is good. We struggle with that in our country. We struggle to tune in and gather advice from those who've gone before us because we think they're not relevant and then they think that, 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 that whatever advice that they're gonna give, you're just gonna push off and they're kind of like, I don't wanna put up with that. And so there's like this weird con- generational divide. Let's just get rid of that. And when you see someone older than you, say, hey, can you teach me about some stuff? And don't be so arrogant and prideful to just tune them out when they start saying something you don't agree with. I did that a lot as a new parent. Oh, no, no, we got this. We've read some books. Our parents are like, you know, we raised you. Like, you're alive, right? You know, we actually have experience. You have zero. No, no, I know. But trust me, there's like some new stuff out there. It's like some new findings, you know? Oh, my gosh. I finally want to listen. Can I just help you out, future parents? Find other parents when you're pregnant and go and knock their door till they open. Give me some advice. Give it to me. Whatever it is, give it to me, guys. It's gonna help you. If you don't do that, you want the hard road, then just tune everybody out. Read all the books and blogs you want and do your own thing, and then we'll come back and we'll all be laughing, okay? So <laughs> the people of God, the people of God. The last one is just the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you our spirit and life. Jesus saying to his disciples after he shared a long discourse with them and at the end of John chapter six, he's saying, guys, I want you to know something. 
The Spirit of God, when he comes, he is coming to connect with you, and I am with him, and I am connected with him. Therefore, when it comes to hearing God, we need to know we are hearing from the Spirit of God, and, and he is God. He is not cast for the friendly ghost. He is not just some voice. He is the Spirit of God hovering over the waters of the earth at creation. He has been in the beginning as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. The Old Testament interacted with God the Father through the prophets in many different ways. Jesus comes in the New Testament. He comes upon the earth. He walks, and then he leaves in the book of Acts and beyond. The Spirit of God is here, and he's present, and he's available for every single person in every single moment of the day. He's not limited by time and space. When it comes to the Spirit of God, hearing God, we will use that term in terms of like the intuitive voice, right? So if, if we say, hey, I'm, uh, I was praying for you today, and I heard God say this, or I was sensing this, these kinds of words, right? What someone's trying to communicate to you is that they closed their eyes, they pulled out their journal, or they just stood there for a minute and they just said, God, speak to me about Sam. God, give me something about Sam. How do you want to encourage Sam today? They're asking God to speak to them about how they can encourage someone else. Or it may look like this. God, who do I need to forgive? Oh, Bob, yeah, a lot of forgiveness needed for Bob there. Okay, who else? My wife, that's, yeah, okay. You know, and it's like you just, you're focusing, talking to God. You don't have to be weird. It's not about like the position you have. You know, it's not like, you know, I mean, it's, there's not some weird like position you need to be in. It's nothing to do with your body, everything with your heart. The lights can be bright or dim. Music can be loud or non-existent. You can be jogging or sitting still. You can be running. God, what do you want to say today, God? Oh, that's the Spirit of God helping to speak to you right now. Uh, you need to really spend time with Ethan today. Why, God? Because you haven't connected with him a lot and you've been busy. Okay, thank you, Lord. Ethan, we're going to spend time together. Ashley's like, that's a great idea. It wasn't my idea. It was the Spirit of God's idea. We were running and he reminded me to spend time with Ethan. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. That's called living life of the Spirit. Do you get me? Quit being weird about it. Right? Just be a believer. Like, be a Christian. A Christ follower does not follow Christ only through this. He gave us this so that we have this as our foundation. He is connecting this with our spirit. If I'm running on a jog and I'm like, and I'm sensing, hmm, you need to go beat up Ethan. But that's, but that's what I'm sensing right now. Wait, oh, you're off, and you just have some weird other voice you're listening to, or you're angry about something else, and you just got a thought that's actually not biblical. So if you don't know the Bible, you're like, I don't know, I heard God say beat up Ethan. Um, God doesn't say beat up Ethan anywhere. There's, that's not in the Bible. Oh, thank God I was reading the Bible about, about, about fathers don't exasperate your children to the point of death. Discipline them as necessary, but doesn't say beat them up. Praise God for Proverbs that I actually read that once. Now my son is safe. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So many of us have no grid for what this says, which is why when we're like, oh, I heard God say I need to move to Seattle. The, my pushback would be, Great, who have you talked to about that? Well, nobody. I prayed and I heard God. Great, 
Where in the Bible are you backing up your desire to me? Are you fleeing from something? Have you worked through any unforgiveness? And they're like, well, I just, I heard God going, going to Seattle. That's it. Thinking, oh my gosh, you're a very immature person. <laughs> That's what goes through my mind. I'm just being honest. You're an immature believer if you make decisions that are one-offs based off what you think you're hearing God say or what you feel God doing. So I'm telling you, this is a little warning shot at Antioch. <laughs> um, if I'm around you and you're like, hey, man, I heard God. I'm going to say, hey, that's great. How'd you hear God about that? And I'll have to smile. And how'd you hear God? You better have some clarity in the defense. Versus, well, I didn't really think about it, so I took two minutes and decided that whatever popped in my head I'm just gonna go with. That's not how hearing God works. And by the way, you hear God more the deeper you get into this, the more you obey this, honestly. You actually, the people I know who hear God the clearest obey him the most. You wanna really hear God? You really wanna see signs and wonders? You really wanna see the spirit of God move in your family and in your office and your company? Go talk to people that actually seen that stuff happen on a daily basis and their private life is very healthy and whole and pure. You can be whimsical, but it'd be all a mess at home. You wanna follow someone like that? I guarantee you they are a fanatic about obeying the word of God. But they're not religious about it because it's a relationship that says, this is a two-way street. He speaks to me, I listen, and I obey, and therefore we draw closer together. That's the way it works. That's, that's, that is the sowing and reaping aspect of the relationship with God that comes through hearing God. So as a church, we've got to move away from the immature things of saying things we have no business saying or understanding, and yet come into a place of maturity as a people to we're able to give a defense for the decisions we make. You gonna have a job change? Great. Don't just tell me you're changing your job. Give me the reasons why. You wanna marry someone? Great. Don't just say she's cute. Give me the reasons why. We wouldn't let us get away with that, would we? Well, I prayed and Betty's gonna be my wife. Cool, no one asked any questions about that? You know Betty's last name? No, but God said Betty's my wife. Okay, wow, we need to, we need to, have, we need to have a talk. Do you know what I'm saying? So let's quit pretending underneath the guise of spirituality that the decisions we make all of a sudden can't be questioned. Right? Your decisions need to be questioned. They need to be tested. That's how you mature. That's how you get tough in the Christian life. It's by saying, you know what? You're right, man. Why did I do that? I didn't give a clear convince. I don't have any conviction about that. I don't even know what I'm talking about. And then allow someone to help you and walk you through it. Do you know what I'm saying? All right, I don't know how to end. Van, uh, let's come on up. We're going to stand. We got to end. I'm sorry. I'm going too long. Go on, let's stand up. We're going to end here today. Um, just have our prayer teams come on up here. Any of our life group leaders or section leaders? Come on up here. It'd be great. And um, okay, so here's, here's how we're going to land this plane real quick. Um, I care deeply about us being a people that really hear God. I'm coming with a little bit of passion this morning because I've seen it destroy a lot of people over the years, this topic. People left their church because of it. People are living in deep sin because they didn't fully understand. Um, people are gotten really religious and void of life and joy. This, uh, this is hurting the church the misunderstanding of hearing God.
the devaluing of the scripture, the ignoring of mentors, disciples, and mothers and fathers and the Lord of advice and counsel or authorities in our lives, and being void of the spirit where there's no life. We say one thing, but it doesn't line up. You don't see the fruit. Any one of those things could be one of you this morning, but I'm saying this because I have hope this year that we're gonna turn the corner, all of us. I'm not looking for 5% superhero Navy SEAL Christians. I'm looking for an army that are serious about God. And if you're not serious about God, you're welcome to keep coming here on Sunday mornings and I hope and pray you get serious about him one day. You're welcome to come here because I believe the closer and closer you get to him, the more you get around his people, the more you're gonna fall in love with him. But also know that we wanna be those kind of people that are putting off the aroma of Christ in what we say and what we do and how we say So it means a lot to me. I think it means a lot to the heart of God because this is the way he wants to speak to us. This is the way we have relationship with him. It's by hearing God. And without that, I don't know how we have connection with him. He's just some distant religious power that we just read about. No, it is a relationship. That's what makes Christianity so different. And that's why the enemy is so bent on distorting hearing God. Because he knows once someone starts really tuning in, his voice gets a lot quieter. And eventually you just say, you're annoying. <laughs> and the temptations just don't have much potency. If you wanna live that kind of life, it's possible. To live a Christian life to where every day you're not playing defense, you're on the offense. But if you're playing defense all the time, I would argue you need to do some work on hearing God. Go back to the basics. This morning, you may just need a hunger for his word. If that's you, I want you to come up here and have someone pray for you and just say, hey, pray for a hunger and a thirst for God's word again. If you're here and you say, you know, I've actually put off most authorities in my life and I don't really listen to other people's advice. I've got this kind of rebellious thing, individualistic deal going on. Remember, let someone pray for you to say, man, let the people of God speak into my life again. Let me let them in. Or if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I've been weirded out by the Holy Spirit or someone prophesied something that was really discouraging or I've heard stories, I don't really know, it sounds strange, I don't know if I wanna get near that and you're just scared or you're hesitant or you're hurt. Come up and get prayer and just say, just pray, let the Spirit of God come in my life again. Let my eyes and ears be open again to Him. Wherever you are this morning, come on up. Let someone pray for you. Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Just pray, come and speak to every heart in this room. In Jesus' name.